Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What we need is more common sense. More common sense. We've got to use plain old common sense. Breaking down the world's nonsense. About how American common sense will see us through. With the common sense of Houston. I'm just pro-common sense. For Houston, from Houston. Where you talking about common sense? This is the Jimmy Barrett Show. Brought to you by ViewIn.com. Now, here's Jimmy Barrett. All right. Welcome to the show today. It is Tuesday. Glad you could join us. Welcome to Houston, Texas. Jose Abreu. You heard about that, right? (laughs) <laughs> um, that's a pretty that's a pretty big uh, pickup there, do first baseman. I mean, not that I don't love Yuli Gurriel. I mean, maybe he'll be back. Maybe they can sign him. Uh, but you know, he's thirty nine years old. Not that Abreu's a ton younger. He's thirty five, but the guy's a former former recent All Star, uh, recent MVP. Uh, he's got like an over three hundred batting average. Well, close to three hundred batting average career wise. Um, so hey. I'm excited about this. Here's something, though, that I'm not necessarily excited about. And I don't... Here's here's the problem I have with politicians, especially career politicians. They either believe that they can make laws that will change culture, or they're just telling us what they think they we want to hear. There's been discussions about gender identity in schools. Evidently, that's going to be a target for Governor Greg Abbott in the upcoming legislative session. Starts, I think, I want to say January the 10th, right after the first of the year. Uh, The Republican governor said Sunday he tweeted a link to a Fox News article about a Fort Worth teacher who reportedly came out to students and staff as non-binary. Non-binary means, by the way, you you you're not male, you're not female, and you're just what? I'm not sure. Um there's a there's a non-binary Biden official in the nuclear um nuclear energy department in charge of nuclear waste who just got arrested for stealing luggage at the Minneapolis airport. And it's got a male well, it's got a the first name is Sam which I could be Samuel or could be Samantha. I don't know if that's this individual's real name or not. But I guess it's like Chris. It's the perfect name when you can't figure, you know, make up your mind. So this non-binary individual, he has a bald head, he, she, it, has a bald head, a mustache, wears makeup, and women's clothing. So... Now, I don't know that, 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 that this individual wears women's clothing all the time. Just all the pictures I've seen show women's clothing. So this, this bag that was stolen at the Minneapolis airport is worth like 2300 and some odd dollars. It's, like, I, I, it's some brand name, you know, one, you know, one of those Gucci-type things. Um, can you imagine traveling with luggage? 
a piece of luggage worth over $2,000, knowing how the TSA treats luggage, (laughs) knowing how baggage handlers throw those things around, I can't imagine doing that. But evidently, um, this individual saw saw this saw this bag and and had to have it. So they have videotape of this person, this Sam person, uh, taking the the over two thousand dollar bag off the conveyor belt, taking off the identification and taking off with it. I don't know that they've officially been fired yet, but I'd like to think that that you know thievery theft is enough to, to, to end their particular tenure, despite the fact they're the only quote-unquote non-binary person working for the Biden administration, the, or the first one uh, working for any administration, at, at any rate. Back to the non-binary. Um, so we have, a, we have a teacher, a Fort Worth teacher, who decided that they needed to have a discussion about their sexual status with middle schoolers, to which I have to say, Why? Why? Why is that even a topic at school? So the governor's upset about this. So he's promising uh, when this legislative session gets back that, quote-unquote, he's going to put a stop to this nonsense. He says schools must get back to fundamentals and stop pushing woke agendas. We will pass laws to get it done. In which case, I can only say, what law will you pass that's going to get it done? Because here's the problem. Any law is only as good as your willingness and ability to enforce it. How many thousands upon thousands of schools do we have in Texas? How are we going to know, no matter what the law is, that teachers and schools are complying with law? You're going to rely on parents? Are you going to rely on administrators? I, I don't think I don't think there's any woke school in, in Austin, for example, I don't think there's any woke school that's gonna care right there in the governor's backyard about whatever law they pass if there's no enforcement mechanism. And by enforcement, I'm talking about withholding state funding. That's the only thing that will get the attention of any public school is if you withhold funding. And if, you don't, if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to have some sort of a task force that's going to make investigate any claims or you know, keep an eye on what the schools are doing so you know that they're being compliant, and if you're not willing to take away funding, then what's the point of the law? The law is no good without enforcement. And I don't think the governor's talking about enforcement. He's just talking about, yeah, we'll pass another law. That'll get it done. No, it won't. Passing laws do not get it done. Enforcing laws are what gets it done. All right, back with more in a moment. We're going to visit with the CEO and founder of Red Balloon. Maybe we'll ask him about this and a few other things as well. Coming up next, Elon Musk, our main topic. We'll talk about it next here on AM 950 KPRC. right now is getting the Donald Trump treatment. And I don't think it bothers him that much. In fact, I I think there's enough of a troll in him that he really kind of relishes everybody going out and trying to gang up against him. Uh, Joining us to talk about it from Red Balloon, the founder and CEO of Red Balloon, um, that would be Andrew Capuchetz. 
Andrew, welcome to AM 950 KPRC. What, what's your impression of this war against Elon Musk and how Elon Musk is reacting to it? Um, well, I actually think it's really entertaining for all of us, and I'm glad that he's in the fight. And by the way, thanks for having me on the show. You know, it's, it's really interesting, right, because a lot of people, you know, they've talked about cancel culture. They feel like, man, I don't know if it's really out there, if this is really happening. And then, you know, to have someone of Elon Musk's profile uh, basically stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to push back against this. I think that free speech in America is a good thing. Um, and it's a, it is shocking to me the reaction that he is getting out of companies like Apple or Google who are like, you know, we're going to remove Twitter, you know, one of the largest platforms um, from our app stores. They're willing to walk away from revenue and prestige for their worldview, um, which has been really, really interesting. So um, I love that he is pushing back against this. And <laughs> I think you're right. I think there's enough of a troll in him that he's actually just having a really good time. Um, and hopefully he wins out. Um, but it will be, it'll be really interesting to see uh, when a couple of titans go after it like this, um, who actually comes out uh, with a win at the end. You know what really, the funniest thing that happened this week in, in my world, you probably heard about this, um, a certain actress by the name of Alyssa Milano um, went on Twitter and said that she sold her Tesla and went out and got a VW EV, and she loves her VW EV. And, of course, she sold her Tesla because of Elon Musk. But evidently, not being a real student of history, didn't seem to understand that Volkswagen was founded by the Nazi government during World War II. So, you know, she she tra- she traded one bad thing for something that I guess if you want to be, you know, if you want to take history at, at at face value was even worse. Oh, absolutely. No, and and this happens all the time. We see people who are um, you know, uh, I saw Vivek Ramaswamy was talking about he's he's um trolling Nike a little bit cuz Nike's talking about how horrible slavery is. And then he's like, yeah, and you kind of use slave labor in Asia to build your um, tennis shoes. So people love this, the virtue signal. They love to say, you know, look at me, I'm um, pushing back against the man or I'm standing up for something great, but they don't really want to sacrifice um, or actually be astute and understand their history. Um, it, but again, back to Elon, what he's doing here is really extraordinary. A, a lot of the woke um, mindset has been conquering um, really important parts of our society. Um, you have, um, you know, the higher education system that the woke mindset has really taken over, or you have the media that the woke mindset has taken over. And honestly, the corporate world has been their most re- recent conquest, where you look at the DEI training, um, $8 billion a year is spent on DEI training or ESG, $158 billion is set to be spent on ESG, which is environmental social governance. It's basically a woke mindset around investing. Um, And so they have been using their resources to go after these things. And for Elon to fire a bunch of woke employees and to say, you know what, I'm going to stand up for free speech um, is just showing that they do not like giving up ground when it comes to this cultural war. Um, And he's taking background, um, which is really awesome. And so that's part of the reason at Red Balloon we're really excited about trying to redeem the world of work and take back the workplace because I think it's kind of the most recent conquest in this uh, woke worldview that, uh, and war that we're in. And if we can take that back, it's very strategic. Um, and Elon sees that. And I think a lot of other people are waking up to that right now. So it's, it's an exciting time to live, even if it uh, feels a little um, harrowing. 
You know, just just as an example of what we're all up against, I, I'm one of those people who believes in in not doing business with people who are are woke or companies that are woke. I don't buy Levi's jeans anymore. Um, yep. I kind of I kind of banned banned Kroger because of some of their policies where they took patriotic material out of their stores because one woke individual complained about it. Um, and 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 uh, I saw the story yesterday about Whole Foods. Whole Foods evidently is no longer going to sell Maine lobster because they're buying into the narrative that the lobster business is bad for the environment. But then you take a look, Whole Foods is owned by Jeff Bezos and Amazon. So if I'm going to be true to my boycott, I'd have to boycott both Whole Foods and Amazon. Where would I go to buy anything after that? Yeah, well, and this is the thing. We want people to be strategic about where you're going to be doing your boycotts. And uh, well, Chesterton called it a boycott, where it's like, okay, how do we support the businesses? But there is an alternative economy that's growing up all around us right now, right? Red Balloon is about a year old, and we have 2,200 businesses that have raised their hand and said, look, we're not going to be woke in the workplace, and we're going to hire patriots. You look at my good friend Michael over at Public Square. They have over 30,000 businesses who have said, you know what, I will promise not to bring any of this wokeness into the workplace. And so if you go to Public Square, um, publicsquare.com, you can actually find businesses that um, love the country, are not going to bring this craziness into uh, their office, um, and will sell you the goods and services that you need. Are they at the scale that Amazon's at? Not a chance, right? Um, Amazon's been doing this a long time. But my hope is that this alternative economy continues to grow, and conservatives make the right choice to spend their money, spend their labor, and their investment dollars with people who don't hate their worldview that is actually going to create a very strong alternative economy that can compete with Apple, that can compete with the Amazons of the world. Um, And we're seeing that in small portion right now. And so that's my encouragement to everybody. Be encouraged, even though it does feel like the left um, has all the major uh, pieces of the puzzle. Uh, There are lots of small businesses that are starting to take back ground. Um, And I would encourage people, spend your dollars, spend your labor, and invest your money with people who don't hate your worldview, and we're going to have a stronger economy if you do that. One thing that Elon Musk did in the last few days, as you know, Andrew, is he he basically has said that he is going to release information that will show how Twitter censored certain individuals and, and certain stories like the Hunter Biden laptop story. How important, he's been threatening it for several days, he hasn't done anything yet. How important is it for him to do this? Well, I think um, a lot of people are are wishing that they knew what's actually going on behind the scenes. And I would say, you know, point, look at the voting situation in places like Arizona right now. Um, people feel like they have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. And there's a lot of cloak and dagger happening with cancel culture, um, with some of the voting practices. Um, and they just want to know what's actually going on. And so I think for someone of his profile with the amount of data that he has to just say, here's what happened, right? And everyone's like, well, that's divisive. Well, the truth should not be divisive. If it's actually what happened, and even, you know, he doesn't even need to put commentary on it. Um, And just having the truth out there, the truth is not divisive. The truth is um, freeing, and it sets people free. And so um, I think it's really important, and I think people will be encouraged by it. And hopefully we start to see that kind of practice in other places. Again, you know, pointing at voting or some of the cancellation that happened in other parts of the tech uh, world. Um, It would be awesome to actually find out what happened because, Conservatives are waking up. They're seeing uh, through COVID that the left has an agenda that they're pushing on us. 
Um, and if we actually see what happens in some of this cancel culture, I think it will give us an opportunity to wake up more and, again, come back to this alternative economy that I'm really encouraged to see growing up all around us. I want to pick your brain on an issue here. Governor Greg Abbott here in Texas um, came out this week, and he basically said he's, he's tired of the wokeness in the public school system. He wants them to get back to teaching you know, the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic, all the, all the basics we expect our kids to learn in school, and to drop uh, the, the, the woke agenda and the gender, gender identity. He got upset about a, uh, a Fort Worth teacher who evidently thought it was appropriate to tell her middle school students about her uh, non-binary status and explain it to them in detail. Uh, and, and, of course, that has nothing to do with what she was supposedly teaching in school. So he's talking about when the legislative session comes back in January, passing some new laws to prevent this. But the reality is it, it laws are only as good as your ability and willingness to enforce it. I don't think any public school system is going to be afraid to continue with their agenda unless they know for certain that their funding is at risk. Absolutely. And and this is what Elon did at Twitter is he actually let you know a lot of employees go because honestly um, he knew he's not going to change the mindset of thousands of woke employees and i think in texas you're exactly right that you can change the legislature but until you change the culture you're only going to make minor impacts and we all know that politics are downstream from culture um, and our culture is a mess and we need um, we know that the fountainhead of culture should be the church and the family and the community, um, and we should get back to the basics um, of building um, courageous people um, through courageous workplaces, through courageous schools, through courageous – and conservatives need to make some hard decisions because if those schools are going to continue to indoctrinate their kids, well, you start to need to ask a question, should I have my kids in that school system? Yeah. Should I be spending my money with Amazon? And these are hard decisions. I'm not trying to pretend that they're easy, but um, it turns out that freedom is actually takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of courage, but it is worth it in the end. And so that would be my encouragement to people is to make the hard changes, make the hard choices, because you're absolutely right. You can pass all the legislation in the world, but if the, the heart issues with the teachers and the administration aren't fixed, culture is going to continue to be really toxic for our kids. Well, I think here's the good news, and, and Disney might be the perfect example of that. They've had to change their CEO to go back to Bob Iger because their their their, their last yep. CEO got them into so many problems. They're bleeding red ink. They're talking about massive layoffs after the holidays. Uh, clearly, they are paying a price for their woke policies. Conservatives actually make the hard choice, whether it's pulling your kids out of a super woke public school or whether it's not spending money with Amazon or whether it's, you know, I've got a really good cush job right now, but I'm going to go to redballoon.work and find a job with someone who doesn't hate my worldview and I'm going to make them um, do better with my skills and my labor. Well, um, or I'm going to stop spending money with, tw with, uh, with Disney. Um, these type of decisions um, take a little bit of inertia, but once you start to do that, you know, if uh, 5 million people stop going to Starbucks, guess what? They're probably going to have to change their policy. Um, and so we need to, as conservatives, be willing to make some hard choices and some hard changes. And it is working, right? We are seeing this. Um, and we've encouraged employees um, at Red Balloon um, to come out conservative and don't be afraid of your values. Live your values out loud, because by doing that, you're going to find out you're not the minority. Um, conservatives are the largest ideological group in America, but we've been the least likely to say anything. And we're starting to vote with our dollars, and you'll see that with Twitter, uh, I mean with Disney, and we're voting with our labor, and that's what Red Balloon's doing, and that's what Public Square is doing. Um, it's, 
again, it's a hard time and it's an exciting time. And so I would encourage everyone to continue on the journey of standing up for what you believe, use your dollars the way you should be using them, um, and push back against this woke ideology because it's bad for our country, it's bad for our families, um, and it's bad for the world. Andrew, thanks for joining me today. Keep fighting the good fight. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. You bet. Andrew Capuchetz, he's the founder and CEO of Red Balloon. Back with more in a moment, Jimmy Baird Show here on AM 950 KTRC. back segment number three coming up here on am 950 kprc this probably will be a good time to 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 throw this cut at you uh from fox yesterday be after considering we just had our uh, conversation with the ceo of red balloon i think they're they're on the west coast too you know one thing i've never really understood are the people who gut it out on the west coast do they you know conservatives who gut it out on the west coast do, do they really think that things are going to change on the West Coast, I guess they're hopeful, right? Um, you know, the ones who aren't willing to pack up and come here to Texas or to Florida or some other place where conservatives are welcome. And, you know, they're they're still fighting the fight, I guess. Uh, but uh, the Elon Musk story, obviously, yeah, we 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 talked about it a little bit with with Andrew um, from from Red Balloon. Um, uh, Krapachets is his name, Andrew Krapachets. Uh, we talked a little bit about it with him. Uh, but supposedly, Elon Musk says he's sitting on some information about how Twitter covered up the Hunter Biden laptop story. So, assuming he is sitting on that information, it's probably pretty critical that he releases it, right? So that we know exactly what it is he got. He says he would do it for the sake of uh, transparency and to restore trust in Twitter, where he says it doesn't currently exist. Here's Jimmy Falla on Fox Business talking about it. This is why you've got to hope Elon Musk does release whatever internal discussions they have for two reasons. One, we all know the old adage, sunlight is the best disinfectant. If Twitter really wants to be perceived as being above board and not a negative actor when it comes to our democracy, we should be able to see as a public that if, in fact, they got it wrong, they genuinely got it wrong, Mm -hmm. meaning to the best that they could, they tried to make a decision strategically and wound up censoring something that turned out to be real. I think the perception of Twitter is they didn't get it wrong they got they got it censored meaning they wanted it out of there no matter what happened my my guess is that he already knows the answer and we'll see what the night he tells us okay but the other thing he said is that he was going to release the algorithm of twitter Mm -hmm. hasn't done that yet either haven't seen that um but i think if you're anybody who cares you know the democrats like to say oh we're trying to protect democracy if you're truly trying to protect democracy you want this out there Because if, in fact, the government collaborated with big tech to censor a story that potentially swung an election, this is, by definition, election interference. This is the thing we've been lectured about the whole time. So I think anybody who's really trying to bargain in good faith here should want this out there. I also saw another very interesting interview. Um, It was a little bit of a strange interview. It was with Tucker Carlson. He talked to a, uh, a college student. Actually, she's a graduate. Uh, from Hollyoak, her name is Annabella Rockwell, and she came on with Tucker last night to talk about how she was programmed at college and then deprogrammed after college. That when she went to college, 
you know, they they try to make her woke. They tried to uh, to to make her politically correct. They 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 did they did a whole lot of things to program her to think a certain way, including, by the way, to not respect or or to, in this case to distance herself from her parents. That's her claim anyway. And then I guess the parents said, "Oh no, to hell with this." And they, I don't know who they got to deprogram her, <laughs> but they deprogrammed her, and now she's speaking out about her experience. Here she is talking about how she got programmed. I arrived at Mount Holyoke, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, so excited to be there in 2011. And as soon as I got there, I was told that, you know, I should refer to myself as a first year, not a freshman, because we were at historically women's college. I was left a note in my mailbox saying, he may be a she, she may be a he, don't assume anyone's gender. And I thought, oh, okay, like, that's new. Uh, and then the last thing was we had the moho chop, which was this ritualistic haircut that people did in the first semester where everyone would shave their head um, sort of as an act of rebellion. So to answer your question, yes. I mean, as time went on and I studied history, I became completely brainwashed into believing that I was oppressed by our toxic patriarchal society and I left school, I was sad, anxious, intellectually starving, and by 2015 when I graduated, I completely estranged myself from my family. I wonder what her major was. I don't think that question got asked. So, basically, they took mom and dad's money, and they taught her to (laughs) not like her parents or traditional family. Um... The haircut thing, though, this is kind of wild, isn't it? The haircut thing? That kind of sounds like a cult. That, that's a, doesn't that sound like a cult? That doesn't sound like a college. That sounds like a cult. All right, well, you know, here's the thing. Some, some individuals, and she might be one of those, sometimes they go off to college very naive, right? Very receptive. Very receptive, wanting to belong, um, listening to whatever it is their instructors or their professors have to say, and going along for the sake of getting along and all that. But you know, it, it shows how easy it is to influence a particular young people who just kind of want to fit in, in whatever environment they're in. So that's how she got programmed. Here she is on how she got deprogrammed. In this panic of me not communicating with my mother, she consulted a cult specialist. Uh, This person gave her devastating statistics that most people don't make it out, but a glimmer of hope that it tends to be young women who do. So she spoke to him and he made it very clear to her, do not affirm your daughter's newfound identity. You know her best. She is your child. Don't affirm her. Yes. So she was taught how to communicate with me. Now, to actually be deprogrammed, I had to humble myself. A couple things. I reconnected with my family. I moved home. I asked for forgiveness. I admitted I was wrong. Secondly, I made a lifestyle change. I stopped drinking. I started to believe in God again. And lastly, I had to unlearn my four years of wokeism by watching five-minute PragerU videos online for free. What were those videos? (laughs) I'm not sure I heard her correctly on that, so I don't want to repeat it. She's... That it, 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 it's a very strange, strange story. But he, to me, as a parent listening to that, you know, the, the thing I'm struck by is how ill-prepared to think for themselves most of our kids are. 
Now, to me, that's that's part and parcel of you know us as parents uh, raising, you know, raising our you know being helicopter parents and and basically you know just kind of hovering over them, making their decisions for them, uh, preventing them from any sort of you know negative influence. At least um, we seem to do that for them in high school. But the problem is is that we don't let them fall and fail. And they don't really learn that much about being self-governing, self-responsible, individual critical thinkers. And they go off to college and they're like sponges because they're used to an adult telling them what to do. So now they've got adults that they're surrounded by. They kind of take over for the parent. And they aren't necessarily, in fact, in most cases, they aren't interested in your values. They have their own values they want to push on these kids. Yeah, I think I think kids do a lot better, you know, becoming adults if they have some responsibility as young individuals to if, if they learn something about family and culture and all these other things that we don't seem to want to spend the time teaching them. This is what can happen. You end up with a naive, nice naive kid who goes off to to college and ends up becoming a member of a cult. <laughs> at least in her case, it sounds like they were able to rescue her. She obviously had enough love and respect for her parents that they were able to rescue her. But not, that's not always the case. That's not always the case. All right. Quick little break. Final segment coming up. Stick around. It's the Jimmy Baird Show here on AM 950 KPRC. Segment coming up, Jimmy Baird Show. You're on AM 950 KPRC. All right. Um, have you heard about this deal, evidently, we've made with Venezuela? Uh, the president has decided to lift some sanctions on Venezuela, which will allow Chevron to pump oil to increase our supply of, of oil. He won't let American companies do it here in the United States, but he will evidently allow us to do it in Venezuela, a, com- a country which we've had a lot of sanctions against because of their human rights record and their uh, socialist government. And in return, I guess, we have some sort of a promise of elections? <laughs> sure we do. I'm sure they'll be, yeah. Oh, yes, we will think about having elections, of course. And then we're going to just go ahead and, and take that oil instead of just going ahead and pumping it here in the United States where we can control things. And by the way, is there any guarantee that Chevron is going to be able to send that oil to the United States? Mm, Probably not. But, you know, again, this is how we're going to try to deal with this. Uh, Peter Ducey, by the way, uh, John Kirby was filling in uh, is the White House spokesperson. So he's the person who's going to respond to Peter Ducey's question. And we'll get some reaction at the other end from Representative Daryl Issa from California. Here, Mr. Ducey asked about this whole Venezuela thing. Why is it that President Biden would rather let U.S. companies drill for oil in Venezuela than here in the U.S.? That's uh, not an accurate take uh, on the president's view. Earlier this month, he said, no more drilling. There is no more drilling. 
the president has issued 9,000 permits for drilling on U.S. federal lands, Peter, 9,000 of them being unused. You know, there's no question at all the president wants to have it both ways. He wants to take credit for stopping the production of oil and natural gas, and then he wants to say, but look what I've done. The fact is, uh, Karl Rove's former boss, George W. Bush, I was with him a month ago, and he said to a, a veterans group, it was, but it came off as the right thing to say, American energy is the lifeblood of the American economy. And that's what this president is attacking. Uh, our current economic woes, to a great extent, are exactly because we've raised the price of energy. If you look at the price of diesel to deliver goods and services, it's through the roof. If you look at people being told it's going to be very cold in New England and in uh, New York this year because they either can't get or won't be able to afford home heating oil. These are things that are real, that are happening in America today, and they're happening because of a policy and a policy that the president has made clear he's not going to change. All right, here's another take on it. This time we have uh, former White House advisor Carl Rove. I joined with Congressman Issa in saying this is not how we normally do things. We give people relief from sanctions when they do things, not when they say that they're going to think about doing something and think about it. We're going to give money to a regime that's going to use it to strengthen its uh, security services hold over the population. We're, we're giving money to an open advocate and ally of many of our enemies around the world. And we are looking like fools on the international stage. We're not the only people looking at this. And this diminishes American credibility. If we wanted more oil and gas, we could get it in the United States. If we took off some of the unnecessary regulations, sped up approvals for pipelines, made it easier for people to bring energy to, to our markets. And instead, what we're doing is we're saying we're going we're gonna to have one of the, the, the more corrupt regimes in the entire world, let alone the hemisphere, and reward them mightily uh, for having thumbed their nose at the United States and the world for, for several years now. And, and for what good purpose? What have they done that justifies this? And the answer is nothing. He's right. He's absolutely right. Then one more little topic before we call it a day. Um, Tucker Carlson uh, tackled this one on his show last night. You know there's a lot of protesting going on right now in China. And that's a very difficult country to protest in. Because the government has all the surveillance you can imagine. They know, they know who these protesters are. They have facial recognition. When they protest, they go out, they find them, and they make them disappear. They just make them go away. Now, what is the protesting about? COVID lockdowns. Shanghai, they're locking down Shanghai. I mean, that's like the biggest city in the world or close to it. They're locking it down. Is it because of COVID deaths? No. They haven't had any COVID deaths anytime recently in China. No, it, it's, it's about controlling the population. And Tucker said something last night on his show that, about Dr. Anthony Fauci. As, as we found out from Dr. Fauci's deposition that he's been giving, you know, he sent one of his minions over to China shortly after the whole COVID-19 thing broke to find out how that country was handling it and they were handling it, of course, with lockdowns. So Dr. Fauci saw that and said, yeah, that's what we need to do, too. Here's Tucker on that topic. It was a hellish dystopian scene. So Lane returned to the U.S. to tell Tony Fauci what he'd seen there. But Tony Fauci was not disgusted. He was not appalled by the human rights abuses that Clifford Lane had seen in China. According to a new report in the Epic Times, based on depositions that emerged this month, 
Tony Fauci was envious. This is what we have to do in the U.S., Fauci told Lane. So it's very obvious now that from day one, China was the model that American officials, public health officials, were using to respond to COVID here. And in fact, it still is the model. And in fact, lockdowns are still happening in China. They never really ended. And our public health officials have never stopped applauding those lockdowns. In April of this year, the Chinese government shut down Shanghai. Shanghai is the largest city in China. It's one of the biggest cities in the world. Shanghai has a population three times that of New York City. 25 million people. And all of those people, all 25 million, are now suffering indefinite lockdown. Shanghai is the largest prison camp in human history. So why is the Chinese government doing this to its biggest city? Well, no honest person believes it has anything to do with public health, because it doesn't, provably. As of Sunday, yesterday, there were no COVID deaths reported in China, a nation of nearly a billion and a half people, not one COVID death. So COVID is not a threat to the Chinese government. Political unrest, however, is a threat to the Chinese government, always has been, and that's the point. In China, as in the United States, COVID policy is not a public health matter. COVID policy is a tool of social control. COVID policy is a way for the people in charge to strip from their population the most basic civil liberties and remain in charge. That's very clear, and that's exactly why our leaders support what's happening in China tonight, because they'd like to see it happen here, too. And it could very well happen. You know, the, the, the COVID-19 lockdowns that we experienced when the, when the first break, I, I still believe, I said at the time, and I still believe, it was a test. Let's see what Americans are willing to do. And we dutifully complied. I don't know that we'd do that again. I'd like to think we wouldn't. But we dutifully complied the first time, so... What's to say that a majority of us wouldn't comply again? All right. On that note, have yourself a great day. What's left of it? I'll see you tomorrow morning, Burton, early 5 a.m. on News Radio 740 KTRH, Houston's Morning News. And then we're back here at 4 on AM 950 KPRC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.